If it takes a minute to convince yourself that Jared Goff is authentically excited about his new lease on his football life with the Detroit Lions, one wouldn't question your hesitancy. However, if you listen to the man himself, he couldn't be more thrilled to have his new lease on life in the Motor City. And how should we view the Matthew Stafford era in totality as he departs for Tinseltown in the Los Angeles Rams? Friend of the program and 97 won the ticket. Update anchor and producer Jake Wiesner returns to the program to provide his thoughts on this very subject. I'm Kevin McShed. Let's have this conversation. Hey, Jake, good morning, and welcome back to the program, buddy. I'm excited to talk to you this morning about the new era of Lions football. Always great to see you, and uh, thanks for getting up early uh, to be with me this morning. Oh, Kevin, you know, the pleasure is all mine, and I I apologize. I was running a little bit late this morning, but you're the most understanding guy and the hardest working guy in in radio and podcasting and YouTubing and everything like that. So I appreciate the forgiveness, but I'm glad to be here. It's always a a pleasure when our paths cross. Uh, Yeah, absolutely, Jake, and I'm going to start you off with a softball this morning and just ask you uh, what you think about about the new uh, direction of Detroit Lions football. Yeah, I mean, it's a soft toss and hopefully I can hit it out of the park, right? Uh, no, but for 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 the first time, I, I don't want to say maybe in my life is a little bit of an exaggeration, but the first time, certainly in recent memory, I am more excited about the direction of the Detroit Lions. And I wouldn't even say more excited. I am excited about the direction of the Detroit Lions franchise. And that's something I haven't been able to say for a very, very long time. So whether it be the direction of the front office with Brad Holmes and Chris Spielman and John Dorsey and everybody that they brought in, the coaching staff, I love what they're doing there. Yes, I think uh, Dan Campbell certainly made headways with his introductory press conference and and we'll never forget him talking about biting kneecaps, but we still talk about Anthony Lynn as the offensive coordinator. That's certainly an exciting piece that's going to be in play. And I could go on and on, but the point is, For the first time in what feels like a long, long time, the Lions have a direction, they have a clear vision, and it's going to be exciting for Lions fans to see if that vision plays out. I'm curious, what did you think of the initial uh, uh, trade itself and what the Lions got in return? 
When I first heard the deal, I almost thought it was too good to be true, Kevin. I mean, we're, we're talking about setting this franchise up, the Lions, that is, for success for the, the foreseeable future if they can go ahead and draft right. And I know that's a big if, but you talk about Brad Holmes being brought in as, quote unquote, a draft expert. So you would think this is his area of expertise. You're giving him all kinds of draft capital. And I also think there's something to be said about it being a win-win for both teams. I mean, the the Rams are getting a proven franchise quarterback, albeit he hasn't had the success in the postseason that you or I would like to have seen in Detroit. But make no mistake about it, Stafford is a guy that, how many times we hear, can make all the throws. He's got the greatest arm talent. You know, he deserves to have a chance to win. So I think it's a win-win for both Matthew Stafford and the Detroit Lions. You know, the amount of return that this Lions team got for Matthew Stafford I think exceeded my expectations and now you're starting to hear about some of the other deals that were on the table you know Carolina with that deal for their eighth overall pick and Teddy Bridgewater and I think the Lions made the right choice in going with the deal with Los Angeles and getting those two future first round picks a third round pick for this year and of course Jared Goff in exchange I think it's a win for the Detroit Lions all the way. And, and what did you think of uh, Jared Goff's initial comments uh, once he <laughs> found out he was coming to Detroit, buddy? I think it, um, it, you know, just to catch everybody up, he basically said this is what it should feel like. And I think it just goes to show that he wasn't appreciated in Los Angeles, which is kind of, I mean, I get it. He had some very, very rough stretch there um, and more, more, more recently you know, that that Super Bowl that he brought the the Rams to where they lost to New England seems like a, a thing of the distant, distant pass. But at the same time, I mean, it's not like this guy's, you know, at the latter end of his career. He's 26 years old. There's still plenty of time for him to, you know, maybe he's he's he went up like this to get to the Super Bowl two years ago. And then he had a, a, a steep decline. And maybe there is a way for him to um, start to build his career back up again and if that's in Detroit great if not you're only on the hook for two years with them so I think uh, again it goes back to it being a win-win for both teams but as for for Goff's comments let us let me actually answer the question here I think it's hilarious that uh, you know he feels that good about being in Detroit which more power to him I mean let's hope that he's right and that uh, this could be the beginning of something special. Well, once he gets into this polar vortex, he might miss that <laughs> California weather there, buddy. But uh, that's okay. No doubt. No doubt. So uh, I'm sure you saw that Kelly Stafford posted a uh, soliloquy for her goodbye to Detroit and uh, the Staffords in their time here. I'm just curious, how do you think we should view uh, the Stafford era in totality? Because I know you you were uh, banging the table for them, uh, for the Lions to do this. So I'm just curious to see how you, you uh, uh, manage or look at the Stafford era in totality, buddy. Absolutely. I think the Matthew Stafford era specifically, we'll leave Kelly out of it for the first part of this answer. I think the Matthew Stafford era on on the field, on the field of play is very, very simple. I mean, the guy was a first overall pick. He made a ton of money and I never fault anybody for making a lot of money. He deserved to be paid that kind of money, but there were never any real expectations here in Detroit. And, you know, of course you, you or I would want playoff wins and that just wasn't something that uh, was on the table. And I think, uh, you know, he, he made this he made this franchise, he won this franchise a lot of games. He he gave his heart and soul to the city. He became 
um, immersed in the community. And that's all admirable things. And I think that uh, I'll remember Matthew Stafford as a guy that, you know, put his best foot forward and, and gave it his all. It just wasn't enough. It just didn't work out in Detroit. And that's why I've used the cliches, a, a healthy divorce, you know, two good people can get married and it not work out. And I think that's kind of what we had here for the last 12 years with Matthew Stafford, a great quarterback, and he gave it his all. And you could say, oh, the organization's to blame. And it probably is. I, I wouldn't, I would listen to that, that argument all the way. It's not all Matthew Stafford's fault, but he's also not, you know, he's not Superman and he's not blameless in all this. He had some costly, costly, I'm not going to point out the individual turn overs but you know there's there's times where it was Matthew Stafford's fault and it's times that it was probably more a product of the um, shortcomings of the organization which we know the that the list of shortcomings for the Detroit Lions might be a mile long so in that sense I don't think he uh, he necessarily and it's interesting how in this city it felt like you were either Matthew Stafford is the greatest quarterback of all time, or you can never win a game with Matthew Stafford. For some reason, I found myself right in the middle, you know, crazy, crazy. The truth sometimes lies in the middle, but that said the Matthew Stafford era, I don't, I don't think when you really get down to it, a lot of people will have a bad thing to say about the guy, Matthew Stafford, Kelly Stafford, maybe rubbed some people the wrong way throughout the course of her time here in Detroit. And, and I just, I don't really even want to spend a lot of time talking about the, the quarterback's wife. I mean, yes, his family is a part of the city and they gave, uh, you know, they gave their everything to Detroit, but I do think there's more to be said about the Matthew Stafford era and what uh, number nine did on the field, as opposed to the whole Kelly Stafford, I don't want to say circus, but you, you know what I mean? What goes around with, with her Instagram posts and the, the one about uh, the state of Michigan feeling like a dictatorship. And I think sometimes she was a little quick to the uh, keyboard on the, on the cell phone with the social media, but she also, it's worth pointing out all the great things she did as well um, on that. And, you know, the endless amounts of charity work and community um, the community work that they both did. So I don't think there's really any, any bad blood between Matthew Stafford and the Detroit Lions. I just, I keep going back to that healthy, healthy separation, a healthy divorce for both parties involved. And I'll remember Matthew Stafford as a guy that gave it his all, you know, we'll never forget those, that uh, NFL films footage against in from his rookie year against the, against the Browns where, you know, he took that hit and still uh, stayed in the game to eventually win it for the Lions. And, you know, the, the dramatic win over Dallas, so a lot of great regular season moments, just nothing that, that came in the postseason. And uh, I'm curious to also get your thoughts on uh, how do you think he'll uh, do in L.A.? Because I think he has a two-year window, sort of, to uh, take advantage of uh, the, that uh, talent base out there before they have to begin sort of breaking it up. So I'm just curious to get your thoughts on how you think he'll do out in L.A., Bun? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be fun to watch. I mean, you talk about an intriguing storyline to begin uh, next season. I mean, the Rams with one of the top defenses combined with with uh, Jared McVay calling the um, the offense and, and, and I'm sorry, Kevin McVay calling the offense and uh, the 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 scheme that he has offensively and the weapons that Matthew Stafford's going to be working with, a great running game and uh, – it's going to be it's going to be fun 
to to see what Matthew Stafford can do in that offense combined with the defense that the Rams have. But make no mistake about it, that's going to be one of the toughest divisions in football. You know, Seattle's not going anywhere. San Francisco's going to look to rebuild. And and I, I think it's just where you see it with the, the Chiefs losing the, last night. I mean, it's so hard to sustain a level of success in the national football league and, and get to the super bowl, let alone win it. So, um, and, and that's the crazy part about the, the, the um, environment that Matthew Stafford's entering because it's super bowl. It's gotta be, I don't want to say super bowl or bust, but Jared Goff got you to the super bowl. If you're the, if you're a Rams fan, if you're part of the Rams organization, you've been to the super bowl not long ago. So now you're making a move to where you have to win the super bowl. Matthew Stafford's never had those types of expectations. So how will he do under them? I don't know. But at the same time, there's something to be said about a, a 12 year veteran entering a new organization where now all of a sudden the expectations are super bowl or bust. Now with uh, Jared Goff here uh, with the Lions, I, I don't think I'll get you to say that you think he'll be the long-term answer here. But what do you think of his arrival here in Detroit in terms of what he'll bring to the offense, and what do you think it means for the Lions at number seven in the draft, Bud? Yeah, that'll be really interesting to see because, and I know this isn't a great answer for, for show's purpose, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of still on the fence. I'm not, uh, you know, in episodes past, like you said, I come in here pounding the table. We got to do this. We got to do that. But this time I really am kind of in a wait and see mode because I, if first and foremost, if Justin Fields is still on the board at seven, take him. Let's, let's get our quarterback of the future. He can learn under golf for a year or two, but if if Jared Goff all of a sudden returns to the Jared Goff of old, why why take a quarterback? You know, let's there's plenty of other holes on this team to fill. You know, Michael Michael Parsons, a linebacker from Penn State, would be a great addition to a Lions defense that desperately needs something. So I I am I am gonna I'm gonna need to do some more homework, some more digging, some more reading, some more evaluating to to really start to come out with my stance on this because I think there's there's certainly a case to be made about drafting a quarterback. So even if it's not Justin Fields, maybe it's if Zach Wilson's still on the board at seven and even Trey Lance, um, you got to believe one of those three will still be on the board at seven, and so. I would have no problem with the Lions drafting a quarterback and building for the future, but so many other holes on this roster that Jared Goff can be a nice placeholder while you, uh, you know, while you acquire some really talented defensive players or other players that can help you in the long run as well. So it's kind of a wait and see. And, and again, that goes back to me being excited about the direction of this Lions franchise. You, you put your trust in Brad Holmes and because he's a draft expert and a draft guru. So we'll, we'll wait and see. And, and I think uh, the Lions are, are going to be for, for the first time in a long time. Again, I feel good about the direction. I'm, I'm uh, still scratching my head to see who he's going to throw to, but uh, <laughs> yeah. they've, they've got to rebuild that uh, receiving core because I don't think Marvin Jones is coming back, and I and I don't see Kenny Galladay uh, taking a long-term deal here, so it'll be interesting to see who they'll throw uh, he'll throw through this. Year. Yeah, T.J. Hawkinson, right? Greatest tight well, end ever. <laughs> and, and Jesse James, the tight end. Tight end that makes all that mo money that yeah. nobody ever uses. So right. Yeah, I'll sign up me up like for a that. Of, 
tight end and we'll be a two tight end offense, I guess. But <laughs> I, I, I'm wondering, Jake, too, too, watching the Super Bowl, what lessons do you think the Lions can take away from last night's game? I think the the fact of the matter is in today's NFL, we talk all the time about it being a quarterback driven league, which of course it is, you know, Tom Brady with seven rings and Patrick Mahomes. Um, we know what he can do. Those are the two, be- I you know, know if necessarily Mahomes, you could probably make the case that's the best quarterback and, and Brady right, right along with him um, just for the, the long, the, the body of work over the course of his career, but let's get to the, the battle in the trenches from last night. I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive line is what won that game. I mean, you, you know, JPP and, and the guys that were just wreaking havoc on, on Patrick Mahomes throughout the course of that game had, he had, I mean, I mean, I don't even think you can put that on Mahomes in terms of him not having any ability to get anything going offensively. The chiefs didn't even score a touchdown for, for goodness sakes. And so I think when you look at at ways to win in this league, a a a a pass rush and 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 a good defense, of course, and and of course, I'm pointing out the obvious here. You just need you need to be sure up on every side of or every part of the ball, part of the ball on defense, on offense, and everything like that. But uh, I think uh, the the Buccaneers did put forth a pretty um, intriguing blueprint in terms of ways to win a Super Bowl with that that defensive line and and really entire defense combined with the weaponry that uh, Tom Brady had to work with you know and I mean Mo Evans or Mike Evans rather has had seven straight 1,000 yard receiving seasons and uh, so yeah it it goes to show that that there's a lot of a lot to be said about having a a defensive line and an interior line that can control the defense the way Tampa Bay's did. Uh, yeah, and Jake, my final question for you is, what do you think are some uh, realistic expectations uh, for the Lions as they enter uh, this rebuild of a season? Right, 2021 total rebuild. You're exactly right. I mean, we're kidding ourselves if we think this team is going to even, I mean, there might be games where they're not even competitive with how bad this defense is. And, and some of that will... I'm not saying it all depends on one player that you draft in the first round, but let's say they do draft a Micah Parsons. Maybe that helps a little bit defensively, but, and you even alluded to it. Who, who is Jared Goff going to throw to? I mean, there are a lot of holes on this roster. So while I'm excited about, that's why I need to stress excited about the direction, not necessarily this coming season. Cause I think 2021 could be, a, a tough season for everybody. They'd be to lucky watch. to win four games this year, Jake. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I, I'd be confident. I'd be comfortable in, in putting my name behind that statement. Yes. Lucky to win four games. But after that, I mean, then, then you start to get, um, you know, um, another, an additional first round pick from the Rams. So hopefully, you know, it's going to be tough to root against our guy, Matthew Stafford, but it would benefit the Lions franchise for the Rams to, to be terrible. <laughs> I don't think they'll be terrible, but uh, obviously with us getting their first round pick. So, um, but anyways, with that said, I think you, you know, you start to um, a- acquire that draft capital and hopefully it worked. You draft well, and then maybe in 2022, 2023, that's when you start to talk about turning things around. Hey, hey, Jake, my lunch bill for you is uh, getting uh, through the roof for all the uh, the podcasts you've done for me, buddy. This is your uh, fifth appearance on the show, and uh, I always enjoy uh, talking uh, Detroit Lions football with you, buddy. Thanks for uh, getting up early and spending a few minutes with me, buddy. 
Oh, Kevin, it's it's my pleasure, one hundred percent. I've really enjoyed it as well. We've become great friends through this all, and 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 sport. Who knew that a, a lousy franchise like the Detroit Lions could connect us and and uh, be the beginning of a great friendship? So it's always a pleasure, my friend. All the best to you, and uh, until next time. 